Nobody wants to be seen as just as an order taker. Nobody wants to be seen as, here it is, go do this, go do that. I want to be seen as a human being. I want to be seen as a full human being that brings a lot to the workplace and have a lot of skills to bring. Welcome to Hudson Mohawk Magazine. I'm Marsha Lazarus. What a treat it is to be sitting here with Fred Miller, CEO of the Khalil Jameson Consulting Group in Troy, New York, and learning about how Fred and his team bring about change within corporations. Fred, can you give us some examples of what you've seen in terms of leadership changing their behavior, what possibly a CEO started doing differently. It was a ripple effect throughout the organization. Yes. We were in a, a client system once and somebody said, I'll know this diversity thing is working when I don't see the same people going to the same conference room to solve all the issues that we have in the organization because they don't know everything. And yet, right now, we act like they are the brains, and they go in the room, and they solve things, then they come out and tell us what to do. And half the time, they don't know the whole picture. Or another organization, we were working on the shop floor, and working with people who were running the machines. And what they used to do is when the machine didn't work, or there was a problem machine, the supervisor would come over, call the engineer, and, and send the machine operator to the break room until they figured out the problem and solved it. Now, it sounds really dumb as you say it out loud, but that's what they used to do. What they figured out is keep the machine operator there, duh, because that person has more knowledge about it than everything else. But it used to be, us brains will figure it out, and you just go away and we'll come, you'll figure it out. And it doesn't work. Another, another client, uh, we're working with a pharmaceutical company and they were having trouble with the vials that they're putting the medicine in as it's going through the production process and they were having some sediment in the, in the, in the vial that was causing a problem. And a team spent, it was over the Christmas holidays, holidays and they spent, they, they worked over the holidays, they worked before, after, and during. They couldn't figure out how do we get this problem done. Eventually, they asked one of the people that were operators, and they said, oh, yeah, the problem is X, Y, Z. And they said, why didn't you tell us? They said, you never asked, and you didn't act like I was important. So I figured y'all wanted to be working over the holidays. There's thousands of examples of when you include people that they can bring their brilliance to the situation. And when you include all the right people, it's not everybody, everything, but the right people that have the knowledge, the experience, and have had the interaction with whatever the problem is, you're gonna have a better result. When we just bring in the leaders to talk all the time, you're missing some of the information that is absolutely critical for success. And telling people is not the same as them being in the room when you're thinking about the problem. You gotta give everybody agency in the organization. Agency is their power to influence their job. They don't need to check on everything that's going on. I mean, in ancient days, you had to ask permission to go to the bathroom, right? So, you know, power to influence my job. And if I see something that's, that's wrong in the organization, the agency to call it out. That's wrong. Whereas in the old days, it's like, shut up, do your job. I don't want to hear it. One of my other examples, we were working with a utility company in Connecticut. And we were talking about all these concepts. And this is one of the people who climbs the poles. He said, okay, let me see if I got this right, Fred. When I come into work now, 
I put my lunch pail in my locker and I put my brain in my locker and then I just go all day and do what they tell me to do. What are you saying is I put my lunch pail in my locker, but I don't put my brain in my locker anymore. And I say, you got it. That's the world we need. That's how this organization is going to be better and high performing. And the fact that you can bring your brain to work shouldn't be determined by who you are. It should be because of what your job, your responsibilities, and what you know. And that has not been the case. Historically, it's here are the thinkers, here are the doers. We need everybody to be a thinker in our organizations today. So it sounds, Fred, like your job or your work is around, yes, empowering and influencing the CEOs, but also empowering the workers, the line workers, the people doing the jobs. Absolutely. Sometimes they have more knowledge than the CEO. Two is they want to do good work. They want to be successful. They want to do their jobs well. They're not just worker bees. You know, that whole industrial revolution when people were seen as just hands and feet, shut up. You know, or if I tell you to jump, the other question is how high? Those days are gone. The, revolution, the Industrial Revolution is almost dead. It's still around, but it's almost dead. And people are wanting to contribute. And yeah, some people have varying degrees. Everybody doesn't want to give their body and soul to the organization. But I believe, and I've seen it again, people want to do a good job. People wanted to, one time we were with an with a organization and we were interviewing people. We had people come into the interview room. And one person came into the interview room with a notebook. We were like, you didn't need a notebook. We didn't need notebooks. She says, I know that. But these are all the ideas I've had for the last 15 years that nobody's ever asked me. And you asked me to come to this interview, and I thought I would bring all my ideas. I was like, oh, my goodness. What waste not to tap that brilliance that that woman had to bring to the organization. How many people are sitting on areas for improvement? And so then we add to that. Are we making a criteria around diversity? Are you the right kind of diversity for us to want to hear? Are you the right kind of person? Do we let your differences get in the way of us listening to you, including you? How included do we really want you to be? How much am I going to share with you? How much are you a partner? How much are we collaborating? Collaboration is the big word for the beginning of the century. We have to have collaborations in our organization. People collaborating, working together, partnering together, learning together, and then producing great things together. A group of people are going to outperform an individual. We just know that. But historically, we've had everybody working in silos and working alone and doing their thing. There's still some need for some of that, but 95% of the work has to be in partnership and collaboration with others, which means we have to learn about how to interact with others because the other might not look like me. The other may not even think exactly like me. They may have a different style of thinking. How do I deal with that diversity and have it be an asset for us versus something I'm afraid of or something I don't know how to tap or support or nurture so that we can have the best that we can do together? Fred, you talk about the need for more heretics in organizations. Do you identify as a heretic? And maybe just elaborate a little bit on that. One of my proudest things in life is having two lines in a book called The Age of Heretics and being identified as a heretic. Um, many years ago when I was doing work with Connecticut General Life Insurance Company, now Cigna, uh, in the beginning of my, my, my work in this field, 
a heretic is somebody who says, I see what is, and I'm not okay with what is, and I'm going to change what is, and I know it's not popular, I know people think it's wrong to try to change it, but it needs to change. We just wrote a book called Dialogic OD, which the title is Change Champions. It talks about Dialogic OD, and it talks about the, the need and a process for getting people together to bring about change in the organization, sanctioned by leaders in the organization, but having the people talk about the culture they need. So that that is a game changer for many organizations. So it's a concept that we're talking about. Some colleagues of ours um, invented it, and we are using it um, in our practice, and we just wrote the book, Change Champions, about it. So I was proud to be in that book, and yes, I identify as a heretic. And in short, it means not being satisfied with what is. It's challenging what is. I, I always say, I don't mind being fired by a client. I'd rather be fired by a client because I was challenging them, and they didn't want to make change than being a client and keep compromising. We're not a compromising firm. We're not of, okay, we'll just take this and, and we'll just kind of make it what it is. No. People depend on us to be change agents, to be a consulting firm that comes to the organization and will make it different for them. As the founder of our firm, Khalil Jameson used to talk about, it's, it's okay for us to be fired. And so we challenge the clients hard and first to see if the client can deal with challenge. Because if they can't deal with challenge, it's never going to work. Being a heretic is saying, I am not going to be satisfied with what is. We're going to move and make things better. And if it means that I have to be fired or, or pushed out or not listened to because people don't want to hear the message, it's not a bad day.